0: This is Dissecting Dragons, the speculative fiction podcast for writers and readers, by writers and readers. Hello and welcome to Dissecting Dragons. I'm Madeleine Vaughan.
1: And I'm Jules Scienceside. This week, good news everyone. 2021, the best bits. It's that time! It's that time. That time when we do our wrap up of the year, and um, in general, it's probably been slightly better than last year, which you know wasn't a very high bar that <laughs> for everything no. to cross.
0: Like, I mean, to be honest, like it would have to the year would have to have worked hard to be <laughs> as appalling as previous years, um, <laughs> which you know it tried, but I think for the most part, we've we've all come away um relatively uh better off
1: yes i mean obviously 2021 has been a challenging year still not quite as yes. bad as 2020 because we were all a little more prepared um but yeah. it started for us here in the uk with the uk going back into lockdown for the third time yay <laughs> so that was fun that was me sitting in the library by myself um because no one was allowed to come into the library, but I still had to be at work. It's very peculiar. <laughs> yes, whereas Madeline, I believe, was still teaching, but doing it remotely.
0: Yeah, for the to begin with, yes, a lot of it was remote, um, which, to be honest, was nice in some ways, but also wasn't great for me, because I was staying at my dad's place, because of certain... Um, housing issues and our boiler broke the boiler broke so it was perishingly cold it was absolutely freezing and it was it was about three weeks uh before it it got fixed so um
1: that was that was
0: a little challenging (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, that was something that I think we certainly found over here, and I'm sure other countries found the same thing, that um, the lockdowns and everything meant there was a huge backlog on things like wanting to get your car mot or, you know, getting your windscreen replaced. or Going to the dentist. <laughs> yeah, my God, Gosh. that's still massively, massively booked up, as in, yeah. good luck if you just want a brand new checkup with a new dentist at the moment, it's just not happening.
0: It's just not happening, no um now despite all the all the things we're going oh bugger that um we have actually had some good bits about this year and we do kind of want to focus mainly on those so yes it has been a challenging year um and obviously the beginning of the year was you know quite difficult as we went into lockdown but restrictions have gradually lifted um and again Yes, we are facing a rise in COVID cases and so certain measures are being reinstated. We don't know quite what's going to happen. But yes, it's been a crap year for everyone. But we, you know, we want to focus on some of the good things. Um, So we're going to look at some of the good things which you guys might have missed before we get into what we personally liked about this year.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, if you listen to our New Year's episode from last year, mm-hmm. I think we took the entire episode and we talked about all the good news that wasn't being reported. Um, yes. Because I think by that point, Madeline and I were both completely fatigued with everything is awful. When
0: um, Yeah, we were exhausted. We were exhausted with, with,
1: with it. And, and there was lots of good stuff that just wasn't being reported because obviously the news is packaged as entertainment and we're all negatively biased, so... Not yes. going off on that rant again, um, we're doing like a, a microcosm thing of a few things that and there were loads. Seriously, there was loads and loads of good stuff that happened this year. Mm-hmm. Um, just if you don't believe me, go and Google good things that happened in 2021 and and you'll get massive, massive lists of things, developments that happened, laws that were passed. So, yes, yeah. there's been bad things and we get the bad things pushed at us but actually there's a lot of good stuff that happened as well. So this is just a selection of things that I thought were good.
0: Yes. Okay. All right. Take it away, Jules. Okay.
1: So Europe generated more electricity through renewable sources than fossil fuels in 2020.
0: Yes, I saw that. This is... I mean, look, it's we've still got a long way to go, but it's really nice to see something happening.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and while we're talking about sort of environmental type stuff... England's largest ocean rewilding scheme began in April 2020, um, aiming to plant eight hectares of seagrass meadows. Um, So (laughs) if anyone reads The Season of Mist, there's a little bit about sort of like salt marsh reclamation. This is very similar. Um, (laughs) The incredible, you know, seagrass meadows are incredible habitats for marine creatures. We've been losing biodiversity. We're now taking measures to increase it again. Biodiversity helps everybody
0: I yes. haven't got time
1: to go into it now but trust me on this one you can always do it's... your own research. Yeah. The, the other thing is that we obviously need to draw carbon out of the atmosphere. Um and seagrass meadows can absorb carbon from the atmosphere um 35 times faster than a rainforest. So this is really important.
0: Yeah. It's it's one of those amazing statistics where you actually realize actually <laughs> Well like yeah trees don't get me wrong trees are brilliant but actually you'd be amazed how much um the ocean sucks up our carbon emissions yeah
1: yeah definitely um and while we're talking about carbon emissions and things we could take 80 million tons of carbon out of the atmosphere by changing our farming practices and there is it's a slow but steady progression towards more sustainable farming in this country yeah um with better grants and things for actual farmers um and with the grants towards farmland that's being rewilded mm. um again this is a very complicated and emotive issue because we're talking about generations of people who have been pushed into industrial scale farming which is not sustainable no and in order to keep their land their having to make the hard choice between do we continue farming, do we rewild. But a lot of people have found when they've made the transition that actually it's not only been a good environmental thing and increased biodiversity in the area, it's actually been a good thing for them in terms of mental well-being and and various other things as well. So, yeah. again, can't really go into it, It's and it's a very tr- tricky subject.
0: But... It is. It is a tricky subject, and, you know, there's for every bit of good news there's always you know difficulties being faced we're not trying to say oh it's all good news and you know it's complicated no. but for the most part in the what we're moving towards i would agree that that it's 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 good news definitely it's news.
1: and while we talk about farming more countries are stepping up to support rural farmers in poverty so the international fund for agricultural development ifad disperses grants to rural farmers in low-income nations so mm-hmm. we, we've added sweden finland luxembourg a couple of others and even the vatican this year the vatican put its hand in its pocket pulled out <laughs> several million and put it towards farming um, sustainable farming in in poverty stricken countries
0: congratulations vatican <laughs> you're finally practicing what you preach <laughs>
1: Yes. Well you know what? I'm 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 amazed because that, that is not generally the the thought process in the Vatican. All I will say is I think the current Pope actually might be a relatively decent guy.
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> anyway, um so from farming, um so we're talking about food production there. Uh obviously <laughs> one of the things that we saw with the pandemic was a shift in sort of community dynamics there are so Mm. many small communities now supporting each other to combat food insecurity by setting up sort of communal food fridges if you like where you know people add tins and things and you know for but basically everybody gives a little and it sort of raises the level so the whole rising tide lifts all boats things everybody you know you give what you can It, it it's I guess it's the whole sort of idea of to everyone from his means to everyone for, you know, his needs kind of thing. But it's actually something that is working because people are working together as a community.
0: Yeah. And it has been incredibly gratifying to see, because we've seen examples of this sort of locally as well, um, to see how it's been working and also to see people I think the world is always going to have people who are going to take advantage of certain systems, but for the most part, you see people who have, you know, had a leg up in these difficult situations, and once they have sort of been able to kind of, you know, they've used these, um, you know, these sort of uh, what are they called? Um,
1: the communal fridges, yeah, things.
0: communal fridges and stuff like that, and now they are some of the main contributors towards it you know yeah. um so it is heartwarming i think
1: it's the it's the spirit behind it it's less of the whole yeah. sort of mind my own business and make sure my owner looked after and and more the sort of well we're okay and we can do this as well yeah and, yeah, yeah maybe we don't want to sit and and chat or whatever in a very british way um but everybody can can add something and it you know it's it's small things but if everybody does a small thing suddenly it becomes a really big thing
0: yeah and again i'm we're not going to get into the politics of okay well people shouldn't have to, have to do this that's not what we're talking about right now what we're talking about the fact is that when these difficulties have arisen people have come together and that is the heartwarming element i think
1: yeah absolutely um, in terms of developments, a new HIV vaccine has shown a 97% response rate in phase one of clinical trials this year.
0: This has been... I was so happy when I heard that.
1: Yeah. I mean, 37.7 million people live with HIV and hundreds of thousands of people die of HIV-related illnesses every year. Mm, but yeah. this is very, very encouraging. I mean, it's not automatically a death sentence anymore. It's not like the 80s. Um, no. No. Um, you can manage it, like, any chronic condition, but wouldn't it be amazing if it was never an issue for people in the first place? Yeah. So this this vaccine um, is is very, very promising.
0: Yeah. Um, it could be a, a big game-changer. And, you know, particularly, I think... I think for, you know, the LGBT community as well, who faced so much difficulty concerning all of this and and you know the aids crisis just to see this progress is just fantastic to yeah. know that the change has come um even if it is too late for some people but i think it, it it's very good news yeah like i'm, I'm genuinely getting choked up about it because <laughs> because it just makes me incredibly happy <laughs>
1: yeah definitely and it's i think so the, the fact that we're getting to this level now as well mm. with it is that again you can kind of relate that to covid because we came up with three plausible vaccines for covid last year yeah and other people started to think well if we can do that with everybody sort of putting their money and their their mental power against it yeah what else could we be curing kind of thing
0: yeah so it's not to say covid <laughs> covid at no point is a blessing but um there is something to be said for how illnesses and stuff like that have really improved do help do move to improve um uh medication and stuff like that
1: definitely um so from there, 77 countries around the world have announced full or partial bans on plastic bags so for single-use plastics nice um this this is a big leap forward because once you hit a critical mass in terms of countries saying, no, oh, this is bad, mm-hmm. then even the countries who are very reluctant to change their ways because it's inconvenient or because of economical reasons are basically shamed into doing the same thing. And yeah. it's it's shame applied in the right way in the sense of no, you really cannot continue this. We we will not consider you equals if you keep doing the same thing. So yeah. without pointing fingers at anybody because I don't want to do that, um, this is this is an amazing thing. You know, we might actually be able to preserve our oceans if we we keep this up.
0: Hooray. <laughs>
1: Which is important because from water springeth all life,
0: yeah that 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 hooray sounded very sarcastic, but I assure you it was not <laughs> um
1: this next one I really I didn't know about this until um I went looking for stuff, and I just thought this was this was kind of sweet and weird in the sense of where it was coming from, but the mm-hmm. the organizations on Reddit who challenged Wall Street um this year, yeah, and last year as well they got together and adopted 3,500 gorillas in six days. They raised the money. Um, That's in, amazing. In, within six days and there, there was no big hurrah or big fanfare about it and it was the um, Diane Fossey movement, the, the foundation you know, she was the, the one who kind of worked with gorillas and you know, yeah. died in very suspicious circumstances Yeah, um, but did a lot for the conservation of the species they sort of got in touch and said got in touch with these this sort of group on reddit saying we've noticed that you're adopting a lot of our gorillas and we just want to say thank you (laughs) but that's that's truly amazing
0: that is brilliant
1: (laughs) <laughs> so, so yes, I thought that was really, really like, cool.
0: We've we've noticed you're adopting a lot of gorillas. We're not sure why, but thank you very much. <laughs> you're not just you're
1: not evil. You're not just about profit. Um, so yeah, that was very cool. Um, IKEA, the Swedish furniture store, bought up eleven thousand acres of woodland in Georgia to preserve it from development. So they didn't buy it to think, ah, this will make excellent furniture. They actually bought it to preserve the woodland, which is also excellent. So.
0: That is fantastic. Yay, go IKEA!
1: (laughs) I liked that one. Um, Also, in 2020, not one single rhino was killed due to poaching.
0: Yes, I saw that!
1: Which is something that hasn't been achieved for 21 years prior to this.
0: That's really
1: something. So that one was amazing. Um, Also... (laughs) the the tampon tax was officially abolished or scrapped in the uk as of the 1st of january 2020 so if you've noticed that your sanitary products are not as expensive as you are expecting it's because of that
0: i did not know that
1: Uh, well they got rid of it because you know basically it's a necessity and it's kind of unfair to make you to pay more so it's getting more subsidized Um, And off the back of that and various other things, many countries around the world have come together to end period poverty. So people who literally cannot afford sanitary products, they're Mm -hmm. putting plans in places in various countries. New Zealand's kind of leading this one um, so that anyone who menstruates has access to sanitary products that they need.
0: That's very cool.
1: So, again, small steps, but important steps, I think.
0: Yes, I agree.
1: Um, There was a new law passed on the 1st of March which means it's now illegal for anyone to threaten to show intimate images of another person without their consent. Good. Which is, you know, it was illegal to do the revenge porn thing before but this is really important to even threaten somebody with that and hold it above their head. That is now illegal in the UK. Um, And also misogyny is now recognised as a hate crime in England and Wales.
0: That's fantastic.
1: I'm... I think it's great I am a little wary in terms of what you can claim is misogyny but if we're talking genuine sort of like yay I have genuine cause to think that I was threatened stalked or attacked because of my gender
0: then yes
1: absolutely difficult to prove but absolutely if you've got genuine cause
0: yeah no I I agree I think as you know we said before there are always going to be shit people who you know take advantage of systems but let us celebrate
1: the the good (laughs) Okay, in terms of things like mental health, weirdly, the pandemic has not caused the huge drop-off in mental health that was expected. So, for example, the suicide rate in the US has dropped off by 6%, which is the biggest drop in 40 years. And this is down to, again, humans facing adversity, coming together in a sense of community... It's actually Mm. resulted in improved mental health in a lot of cases. Not for everyone, not across the board. No, but statistically, there is definitely an improvement.
0: Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing, because when faced with, you know, massive adversity, people tend to be able to come together. And my worry isn't so much of the mental health of people during the pandemic. It'll be when it ends um so i'm hoping but one thing i have enjoyed so far is also the fact that because so many people have faced difficulties during the pandemic the there's been a lot of destigmatization about mental health and you know reaching out to um you know just to, to speak to people to counselors and stuff like that um because suddenly people have lots and lots of people have needed to do that so i'm really hoping that that continues as we go forward
1: yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it feels like it's been a huge opportunity to relearn some of the things we would kind of lost. And I'd yeah. like to think that most of us will try and at least hold on to the spirit of that.
0: I agree. Um, and I'm very hopeful in, in that regard. Um, I think that people have, because of what we've been through, you know, that for the most part, people have become more empathetic. As I said, uh, you know, as we acknowledge, there are, there are always shit people in the world who aren't like that but i i like to imagine for the most part we have seen some very positive movements forward
1: definitely okay my last two things um mm-hmm. ratatouille the tiktok musical raised one million dollars for the actors fund so during lockdowns and obviously the pandemic in general um mm-hmm. a lot of plays musicals theater etc was shut down
0: yes and
1: um And I actually know a couple of actors who sort of live up in in Crystal Palace and, you know, were really, really struggling. And without sort of benefits, they would have been absolutely screwed kind of thing because they weren't getting paid. There was no furlough scheme. Um, This this actually helped um, entertainers who were out of work. And let's be honest here. Entertainers are... Everybody wants... (laughs) After food, shelter and what have you entertainment of some kind stories basically is is what everybody needs so i think it was really important that something was done to you know help support these people who the rest of the time would definitely have work because it's something it is is a need a human need yeah Um, completely agree so yeah i was really pleased with that i mean i have to say I don't think the pandemic has been great for writers, but it also has been good in other ways. Mm. In the sense of a lot, book sales have gone up in a lot of cases. Certainly most authors I've spoken to have seen peaks in their book sales during the pandemic because more people have been home and reading, etc. So yeah, we had it slightly better than actors, for example.
0: Yeah, actors really, really did have a very tough time. Um, Because the thing is that, you know, you can you can write anywhere pretty much Yeah. yes the whole situation wasn't very conducive for uh, you know creativity but <laughs> you know it was still it's not that your literal work of place was completely shut down and there was no option for you so
1: yeah okay the next one <laughs> my final one is just it's something that I thought was cool because I, I like these creatures but mm-hmm. A colon- a colony of Dormice which are a protected species in the UK. Uh, living next to the M1 in Buckinghamshire, and they've been there for five years now. They're basically being given their own special street crossing to help the animals thrive. And I'm just like, that's that's brilliant. I thought that's really cool.
0: I did not know that. Thank you for sharing that piece of news. <laughs> that has made my day. <laughs>
1: I like dormice. they're very very cute. They are
0: adorable. I I painted a I like painting my own sort of Christmas decorations. And one of the one of the ones I did recently was a little sleeping dormouse. They hold their tails when they sleep. Jules. <laughs> it's so cute. It's so adorable.
1: <laughs> yeah, they sort of semi-hibernate and yeah. sort of wake up a bit like squirrels do and eat a few seeds and go back to
0: sleep (laughs) (laughs) they're like (laughs) to be honest that's just like me (laughs) wake up eat a few seeds go back to sleep yep typical day in the vaughan household (laughs) okay well that's actually been quite nice that's yeah
1: and there, yeah. there, there's more, I mean I could have filled an entire episode or a series of episodes with good stuff that's happened this year So guys yeah. if you want more go looking for it. it, it is out there, it's just not being reported Because once again our news outlets are packaged as entertainment
0: Yes, but it's out there, the news is out there people Seek it it. <laughs> so <laughs> seek it, seek it. <laughs> suddenly became very Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it did, did not it? <laughs> okay, so speaking of Lord of the Rings, um and uh, books and creativity and stuff like that, um I guess it's time for us to talk about six things that we like. So we're gonna so the things we like, so what we're gonna do is we're going to list six things that we liked and two things that we didn't, to just keep it balanced, but not to doom and gloom.
1: Yeah, and we may not go into too much detail because a lot of these things we've probably already talked about, but yes. um, just to say that these were highlights for us in terms of um, pieces of art this year. Um, yes. I actually haven't talked about this first one, but uh, Dune, the, the new film, actually... Exceeded my expect my expectations were low because I thought oh people can't adapt you and they don't get they're not going to do it properly, um, but I was really pleasantly surprised. It was an amazing film. It was really good and it is now out for streaming, so you don't have to go to the cinema to see it. Yes, and I highly recommend it if you like sci-fi. It is hard sci-fi. You do have to pay attention. Um and if you're looking for like a big romance or something in space, it's not that. You know, this is not Star Wars. But it's no. very clever and it, it talks about a lot of important issues and things and it's basically the first half of the first book. Um, but it's well worth it. It's got an amazing cast. And yeah, I had to say, you know, any of my reservations and things were unfounded. It's a really, really good film and yeah, okay, there's a few things where I'm like, they didn't do that scene from the book, but, you know, if they'd done that scene from the book that I wanted as well, if they'd done all of that, it would have been about 13 hours long just for the first <laughs> half, so, you know, I can be realistic.
0: <laughs> I can be realistic, says Jules. I don't need to have all 13 hours.
1: <laughs> well, I do, but I realise I'm not going to get it, so, so <laughs> I need to be happy with what you've got.
0: <laughs> okay, So, um, alright, so that was Jules' first thing she liked. I have to give a shout out to Harker and Blackthorn. Yay! (laughs) Uh, Which is obviously Jules has been releasing. Um, I love the series, I really do love this series and it's not just because um, I love Jules. Uh, I genuinely have really adored reading this series. I love the dynamics of the characters um, and you know, Jules had me the moment she added cryptids because (laughs) to be fair
1: I think I said Loch Ness Monster and you were like yes I'm in well
0: that's the thing is that Jules yeah Loch Ness Monster and I thought oh this is she's not gonna be able to top this this is she she's done it all for me now um and then and then Jules was like and now we're going on to big cats and I was like
1: Jules (laughs) are you flirting with me Well, in the next one, there's going to be a lindworm. You're like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> be still, my my racing heart. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I've really, really been enjoying it. Um, I've also obviously, I think the thing is, and I've said this before in reviews, the thing I love about Jules's books is that I feel like I'm going on holiday whenever <laughs> they go anywhere, which during the pandemic, um, in which I have... I've never spent as long in any single country before in my entire life.
1: No, you have um, been very rooted, haven't you? I, I've That's been
0: very ridiculous. rooted. So reading Harker and Blackthorn has been incredible for me because um, I have felt like I've sort of been going to different places with the characters and I've really, really enjoyed that. So, Well, thank you. Yeah, no, I mean it. I mean, it. I really, really have enjoyed it the whole series so Uh,
1: i've really enjoyed i mean to be honest it was kind of my escapism during the pandemic it was like i can be up here 200 miles away from any of my family and really stressed uh, about the fact i can't do anything or i can just write as many books as i can so
0: yes (laughs) and you definitely achieved that that's what i did (laughs) Okay, so what's next for you?
1: Um, I've definitely talked about this, but I have to give an honourable mention to Sean and Maguire's When Sorrows Come, which is the 13th October Day series, or 14th, 14th October Day series book, um, which was really amazing. And if you want to talk about slow burn romance, we're on book 14 and they finally got married. (laughs) I'm not big on the whole to so they have to get married thing but this was kind of like you no know, it needed to happen this is um, sober. Uh, yeah I have talked about it and I've recommended the entire series before but yeah, yeah. that was a highlight for me this year
0: okay the marriage of a fi- of fix- fictional characters yes <laughs> <laughs> unashamedly Jules says I felt yes. like I was there <laughs> okay so next for me Um, is I read a series of graphic novels called Heartstopper. Yeah. There's been four out so far and I have, I've, I just really fell in love with it. Um, it was, it's a really, really lovely, um, LGBT graphic novel series. And, and I really do mean, you know, we do have LGBT in there, um, And it's a YA romance, just about these two schoolboys who fall in love with each other. And one of them, you know, is going through some mental health difficulties as well and starts to suffer from anorexia. And I really, really loved this series because growing up the only real kind of representation i had of anything lgbt was heavily fetishized um not very healthy um and certainly not age appropriate for you know for a teenager yeah Um, because there just wasn't anything there for teenagers so you know we had to reach out for things which really weren't meant for us um, and which were not healthy depictions um, certainly not without context I'm not sort of saying oh well you can't whatever I'm, I'm not getting into that so for me even though I'm no longer a, you know a teenager reading Heartstopper was fantastic because in some ways I feel like I'm getting something that I missed out on when I was younger um, but it's also for me a great example of a series which is healthy and looks at things in a healthy way without basically saying no we can't talk about these things so i've really really enjoyed the series it's very heartwarming um it's beautifully done as well the artwork is simple um but it's very emotive and i have really really enjoyed it so highly recommended
1: yeah they are very good um her her actual novels are very good as well
0: hmm yeah
1: OK, um, well, my next one, i again, this is one I've definitely recommended. It's Empire of the Vampire by Jay Kristoff. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's pretty diverse, um, but it's basically grim, dark vampires. It is gory. It is not young adult. <laughs> it's sexually explicit where it needs to be. Um, but don't go in thinking, oh, yes, Jay Kristoff, he writes young adult and think it's going to be all sweetness and light because it's really really not okay
0: yeah i mean to be honest even jay Kristoff's young adult stuff is not sweetness and light so no, you know
1: <laughs> but this very definitely isn't um it's really good it's quite a slow burn start but it's worth persevering with and once you get into it if you like vampires and you actually want your vampires to be blood-drinking monsters rather than you know Sparkly vegans or whatever. um, (laughs) Not that I'm saying either's wrong, but if if you're looking for that kind of vampire, this is—that's what you're going to get. Yeah,
0: you're going to get those vampires. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Right. My next one is I read *Rule of Wolves*, which is Leah Bardugo's sequel to *King of Scars*
1: i still haven't Um, got to those books i've got to do it (laughs) you've got to you've got to i've got the audiobooks i just haven't got to them yet
0: (laughs) see what i do is i tend to do a mixture is i start listening to the audiobooks to kind of get me going and then and then they're not it's not fast enough and then i just read (laughs) the rest of it that's my system um it's what i did with uh um six of crows as well yeah um, no i've really i really did enjoy it. I do think comparatively it wasn't it didn't grab me in the same way as the first book of the series yeah, um but to be honest, this is an incredibly minor complaint because otherwise i just i really really have enjoyed it just. Um, and to be honest, I've really enjoyed a lot of the Leah Bardugo stuff, which has come out this year, because we obviously also had, um, Shadow and Bone, which came out, which I did enjoy, um, and we, we talked about that in another episode, um, so I won't go into it, but yeah, I, I definitely would say it was, it was big on my, um, to be read list for this year, and I wasn't disappointed.
1: Cool. Okay, um. Well, we had an entire episode inspired by this book, which I really, really enjoyed, and that is uh, this is Your Mind on Plants by Michael Pollan. Great mm-hmm. name, great name for someone who's writing about <laughs> that. Far- I not far-
0: believe that's his actual name. I think that's amazing. That's almost
1: <laughs> as good as Isabella Tree being writing a book about wilding. Wilding <laughs> and stuff. Um, I think brilliant name. Anyway yeah so if you want to know more about that then go and check out our episode on tea coffee and intoxicants because that (laughs) sort of inspired us to go and look into that and and consider it in storytelling terms
0: Mm. yeah absolutely Um, okay so I've been watching an anime which is so cute it's called Taisho Otome Fairy Tale and it's historical fiction Okay, based um, Japan, nineteen uh, twenties, and it basically it it centres around a guy who has been in a terrible car accident, which has killed his mother and has left him disabled. Um, he cannot move his right um, his right hand at all he's lost all mobility in his right hand um and his right arm it it's just sort of it's limp he can't move it at all yeah and his his fam- his father has basically kind of disowned him because he's embarrassed by this uh, not least because not only has his son lost mobility in his arm this is his dominant arm so he can no longer write. He can't really go. He he doesn't think his son can go to school anymore, anything like that. And he basically has written him off. So you know, father of the year here. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, so he sends him off out of sight. Basically says, "You're just going to be dead now, um, and I suppose you'll need someone to take care of you." His father is a money lender, I think, or something along those lines. Um, and he says, uh. I am going to. I'll I'll buy someone off um, to to come and take care of you. Um, someone who's basically in debt to him. He'll just you know he'll buy he'll buy someone off basically to come and be his bride. Right. And so he sends off this woman, this this girl. She's about fourteen when she first arrives. Who is going? Who's been sent off to be his bride once she's old enough. Yeah um and in the meantime is going to take care of him and her name is Yuzu and she's just incredibly sweet and what happens is that we we get to see this slow romance build up between them and initially i was a little bit like uh, okay it's historical fiction he's a little bit older than her but i was a bit nervous about the sort of the age difference and you know was this going to be a whole sort of uh, yeah was it going to be a very healthy depiction of you was know was Japan
1: going to be pulling its dirty uncle thing
0: <laughs> yeah exactly um and it wasn't like that at all it is historical fiction yes they're both young um but it's not a, a rushed into kind of sort of relationship even when she gets to marrying age you know which at that time was 15 um he says no we can't marry yet because actually i'm not in a healthy place yet either way I'd like to be in a better place mentally um and then you know we can talk about it so they've got this really healthy very sweet relationship between them um and it's just been just like a genuine delight to watch every week it's not been creepy or anything like that um we've just we've just really enjoyed it so um, I really, really do recommend
1: it. That sounds really cute as well. It
0: is. It's adorable. It really is adorable, and she is adorable as well. So, um, yeah, highly recommended.
1: <laughs> okay, my next one is um, uh, this managed. This series managed to literally hit exactly right in the center of the Venn diagram of all the stuff I really like. <laughs> um, so it was like it was made for me personally. I'm still really narked that they used the touch for their for their gift system since I, I was using that first. Okay, but <laughs> getting over that and moving on because I can be a mature adult <laughs> most of the time. Um, it's the nevers. Sure. <laughs> uh, I really, really loved the nevers. It was very cool, and it was nice to see something that managed to be both diverse and you know, relatively feminist and stuff that didn't do it by cutting everybody else out of the equation. It yeah. wasn't a case of I'm going to tear everything else down in order to mm. make my point. It was like, no, we're claiming a place of equality. We're not saying that now it's your turn to be on the bottom, as it were. Yeah, um, It's cool. It's sci-fi. It's a little bit of fantasy as well. Um, I've talked about it a lot, but I, I highly recommend people go and try it if they can. Okay i am intrigued
0: okay so um i and i did splurge about these um this year as well so i won't go on too much about it but i read i finally read naomi Novik's uh
1: spinning silver and
0: uprooted
1: i was so thrilled that you'd read them both particularly spinning silver
0: yeah i i've gotta say i loved i did love uprooted um but spinning silver was very special for me yeah. I really really did enjoy it so um yeah um they were definitely some of my top reads um and i think they were also top reads for me as well because they inspired me with writing yeah which is quite nice um just in terms of i'd been maybe holding back a little bit with using a certain style of writing which i'm very fond of which you know was my style and basically i've been writing for children and i was sort of shying away a little bit from using my more sort of arty style of writing and reading spinning silver i suddenly went maybe i can have it both ways so um yeah that's definitely it's definitely influenced me in a positive way
1: cool it's i don't i don't know it was one of those it was nigh on perfect I, i know not everybody loved spinning silver but for me, it was a nigh-on perfect book in terms of story structure, characterization, and actually getting to the end and having managed to surprise me a little bit along the way.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and I like its its diversity. Yeah, definitely. And the way that that's done. And the character voice, I, I just thought throughout was fantastic. Um, I do like the way that she creates characters as well. Because for me, um, I should also say i can be quite fussy when it comes to female characters yeah probably because i spent a lot of time growing up going i don't associate with this person at all you know i was like oh this is the female character you're meant to associate with them and i'm like i don't in the least and i i tend to find that a lot of female characters are written in a way that annoys me um so I whenever anyone's like oh it's a female protagonist you're going to immediately like them I'm like am I am I going to immediately like them um and I did I really really did like the female characters so (laughs) so that was very positive for me
1: okay well my final highlight of the year there's obviously been many others and we've talked about a lot of them through the series throughout this entire entire year Mm -hmm. as we go along but um this was a late kind of a late one because I think kit only came out last month mm-hmm. and that is Tori Amos's most recent album Ocean to Ocean. I've been a Tori Amos fan since I was a teenager so quite a long time now <laughs> uh, and she always had a way of encapsulating how I felt about things the, the complicated mixture of of questioning and rage and and sort of whimsy and I felt sort of for a while there that she kind of moved away from that, and I didn't get on with some of her more recent albums in the same way. But with this mm. one, she's really gone back to it, and you can tell that she's writing from. I mean, she lives in in Cornwall,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and she's definitely writing from sort of a, a, a nature types perspective in in Cornwall and stuff, and, and it's just great. Even sort of the the um, her choice of keys and things for the songs is. Is kind of like it's gone back to some other stuff. So it's kind of like like it's come full circle from her first album, Little Earthquakes. Yeah. And she's revisiting it and looking at those same things from the perspective of someone 20 years older, which I really appreciate because, you know, I'm now 20 years older. So, So, um, yeah, it's great. Um, I highly recommend it. You may or may not be a Tori Amos fan, but she's always got something to say.
0: She's like you in that regard.
1: Yes. You know, fellow redhead. Fellow redhead. (laughs)
0: Redhead rule. (laughs) Well actually, um my my final one is also an album of music.
1: Awesome.
0: Um and it is the Amazing Devil have released their second the second third their third album which is called Ruin. Now, I talked about The Amazing Devil before. Um, it's uh, the band that Joey Beatty's in, Joey Beatty obviously being the guy who plays Yaskia in the Witcher series. Um, and I think comparatively to their previous uh record their previous album, um, uh, which is uh, I've just forgotten the name. It's literally just gone sort of streaking out of my head something in the wild um uh, which i think was a little bit more diverse in terms of of sort of what you got um you know this this is it's not quite as diverse but it's still full of the same charm the very the same sort of cheeky kind of lyrics which actually really get to the heart of the human experience for me um and so I'm just a big fan I really really have enjoyed listening to it um, particularly because they're the songs that kind of you're like yeah that was okay and then it sort of grows on you yeah and the more you listen to it and you're suddenly like actually I really associate with this experience
1: yeah I, I I've listened to the new one once. Mm. And I thought, I'm going to end up really loving this, but I haven't had a chance to go back and re-listen again. And I think it's one where I need two or three listens to really fit in the groove, yes, as it were.
0: absolutely. That was the same thing for me. I was like, eh, it's not... I, I didn't enjoy it as much as the last one. And then I sort of played it again, and I was suddenly like, damn, that actually... that That's hitting harder than I thought it was originally. And the more I listened to it, the more I sort of have found myself going, actually, I really, really am enjoying this. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been really, really good um, to listen to it all. I've been enjoying it a lot.
1: Cool. Okay, so um, we're going to try not to overrun by too much. Yes. But uh, we're going to talk about our own personal stuff now. So uh, a quick look at some personal things we've managed to achieve this year that we're happy with. And then a little bit of a look at some things that we're looking forward to happening next year. Yeah. So Jules has written 10
0: million books.
1: (laughs) I really haven't. Um, (laughs) Jules, Jules released five books this year. By the time you see this, it'll be five books. Actually, by the time you see this, it might be five and a novella. And there's also another novella, which is now... Um, a freebie. You can have it for free if you come and join my readers' group and sort of get monthly issues of the Grimoire from me. Um, mm. You can, you know, this isn't a short novella, this is 40,000 words, so technically some people would say yeah, it's actually a book. <laughs> yeah.
0: N- Jules. Yes. You know, I love you, right? oh huh? Yeah. I sometimes hate you as <laughs> well. From a professional <laughs> standpoint. <laughs> sometimes you drive me crazy
1: <laughs> i get that a lot I've, I've also written other books um which will be coming out next year and i've got others yet others planned that i will be writing next year which will hopefully be sort of, i know i should be getting into this in the next bit but but anyway <laughs> in terms of writing and publishing i've been a busy little bee you and getting quite a lot done although i have to say when i'm in the middle of it i don't feel i'm getting as much done as i should be getting done i don't feel i'm actually being very effective
0: it's it's really funny because jules is, jules was like i don't think i've been very productive today and then she'll sort of rattle off that she's written several thousand words and i'll be like jules <laughs> shut up <laughs> you're fine
1: <laughs> yeah which is fair
0: <laughs> but no i mean i you you have done incredibly well i think Um, and you've you have gotten an incredible amount done this year Um, the thing that annoys me the most is that it's not just how much you've done it's the quality of what you (laughs) do as well because like i'd be okay with it if um you know if you were like i i wrote this amount but it's all shit but it's not shit is it (laughs) is it
1: jules (laughs) i don't think so but you have to bear in mind that i'm writing it literally almost for you <laughs> um, or, or rather, you are the you are the representative of my target audience. I, uh, I
0: really am, aren't I? Yeah. So. So yeah. So yeah. You've done you've done incredible this year. You have achieved a very large amount.
1: You've also had a few big breakthroughs in writing, there haven't you?
0: I have. Yeah. So. Um, I'm going to limit myself to sort of three things, three really big things that have happened to me this year the first one is i finished writing kestrel book two
1: hooray (laughs) see to me it feels like years ago because she gave it to me and like two days later i was like where's book three of course, I I couldn't see Madeline but I imagine there's a sort of panic thought bubble above her head full of question marks and exclamation marks.
0: You know that that gif of that guy there and he's just got water sort of like <laughs> he's just sweating profusely. That was that was me. And I, I I swear I'm working on it. I'm working on it very very hard. Um but unfortunately the adult stuff cuz for instance, you know, book 3 of the Hamartia cycle was meant to come out this year and obviously that hasn't happened and i do apologize profusely but the reason there's been a delay in a lot of things is that i got an agent this year yep so i'm signed on with uh lucy irvine from uh peter fraser dunlop and we have been sort of working on a, a number of different things i don't want to go into too much detail but There has been some potentially promising avenues. Um, There will be more on that if and when there is news. So we shall see what happens in the new year, but um, that has taken up a large amount of my time. And another thing which has taken up a large amount of my time is that I was awarded a contract at work. So I went from being hourly paid to an associate lecturer, and now I am an
1: actual part-time lecturer. Hooray! (laughs) Which, you know, is amazing just to have that little bit of extra security there as well.
0: It is. It's very good. Um, I was incredibly happy because it's also a recognition of, you know, hard work and stuff like that. And it does mean an incredible amount to me. So, um, and having that security. Yeah. It's it's a big relief, so I'm um, I'm certainly rather happy. I'm a happy bunny um, in that regard, and I'm I'm just I look forward to kind of seeing where the future will sort of will take me. Yeah. with that in mind where is the future gonna take us what what's on the agenda for for next year jules oh. jules does does bo- the agenda for both of us i should say
1: <laughs> yeah i do I, well i would if i could um,
0: <laughs> jules's agenda for me is just finished castrol
1: <laughs> i just want to i just want to have a brief shout out to a couple of friends who have had their de- debut novels out this year as well oh yes um we we had Lorraine Wilson on the show earlier in the year with her debut mm-hmm. novel, This Is Our Undoing, which is amazing. Um, and also a fellow children's writer who I haven't introduced to Madeline yet, but, you know, they would definitely get on. Um, perhaps I can persuade her to come on the show another time. But she does live in Australia, so it does make timing a little tricky. Oh,
0: no. <laughs> um, but
1: she her the first part of her duology was brought out this year, and that is When Days Tilt. And I was very privileged to be part of her beta team. And we've basically been sort of kind of bouncing off each other for years now. So I was so thrilled that that came out. And the next book is coming out next July, I believe. Oh, so, fantastic. You know, and there's also a friend who is a thriller writer. Her debut novel came out very recently as well. So I'm just really, really, you know, stoked to see so many friends in writing having so much success. One thing I'll say about Madeline talking about getting an agent... She said it like it's like a really easy thing to do, and, it, and it's not. So she's given you this this snapshot, and she's not done, done it to be deceptive. She's just being modest, but it's not. It's this huge graft. It's this huge thing where you have to identify your market, and then you have to identify people who represent that market, and then you have to have the will and the willingness to go back and re-look at your work again and again and again and then to just keep going. Um, Most of us, in any situation where we keep suggesting something and getting knocked back, eventually stop suggesting. (laughs) So it takes a hell of a lot of graft to go and and do something like that and then find somebody that you can work with and then proceed from there. It's really not an easy path. It's not an easy path to go through indie publishing, but it's not an easy path to go through the traditional publishing route either. So...
0: (laughs) thank you yeah i mean to be honest it was it's probably been one of the most difficult things i've (laughs) had to do (laughs) it it was really hard like being on being on submission um i said it's sort of like you know you people go through that that moment in their life where they're like oh what if i never find the one you know in terms of sort of romance it's like that where you're like you've got to find the one but at the same time you know you only have one email you only have one email to do it
1: it's like another writer friend was saying well i'm getting used to getting rejected a lot um with my manuscripts maybe i'll i'll try internet dating again you know (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i'm well primed for this
0: really is like that in fact in some ways i'd say it's worse yeah. <laughs> you're so, not usually yeah. giving
1: someone someone that you're thinking of dating a piece of your soul from the get-go are you? <laughs>
0: no <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and there's usually a bit more dialogue whereas but you know with when you are submitting to an agent it's it's very much like you send an email and then you may never hear back from them and it's yeah <laughs> Oh, it's painful. Anyway. um...
1: (laughs) Yes. Anyway, looking forward to 2022. What are we looking forward to? I am looking forward to releasing the next five Harker and Blackthorn books.
0: I'm also looking forward to you releasing the next Harker and Blackthorn books, but more than looking forward to you releasing them, I'm looking forward to the... uh... (laughs) to the advanced copies i get to read
1: yeah madeline is very soon to receive book nine and um, then some others after that as well
0: oh i've been waiting i'm so excited
1: i'm also I, it's going to depend how i do with my scheduling so i'm working out new stuff to do with scheduling i'm always trying to be more effective
0: i'm mm-hmm. hoping
1: the first couple of melanie beckett books might come out towards the end of next year as well so that i've got two series running at the same time but we Gosh. will see yeah. And I have promised more historical fiction. I know that it's been two years without any, and I've got it planned. I'm definitely going to do it. So if you're <laughs> following me for historical fiction, I feel so bad because I've had emails and things from people who clearly started following me because they like historical fiction. And in yeah. sheer desperation, they've picked up my urban fantasy and they seem to be enjoying it, but I know this isn't what they really want. <laughs> in their heart so of I, hearts, what I, so, they want
0: is Gregory yeah. Maudsley. <laughs> so I,
1: I feel terrible. I'm sorry, I haven't forgotten you guys. It's planned. It's definitely happening.
0: <laughs> See, again, this is, this is the positive of me being your ideal reader is like, I don't really cu- care what you're writing. <laughs> I always end up enjoying
1: it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Built-in tester group, right there. Yes,
0: right there. <laughs> Big tick. Um, so, what am I looking forward to next year? Uh, what's in in store? Well, um, there's a. <laughs> it's funny that J- in Jules's notes for what she's going to talk about, she. <laughs> she's included a little hint for me <laughs> which is more castral hint hint uh yes so next year i'm i'm hoping maybe fingers crossed i'm gonna see some movement in terms of what's happening with uh my agent again i don't want to say too much it feels like jinxing it um but i'm just hoping that we start to see some positive feedback as we kind of go into um we're in submission at the moment. Um, for anyone who doesn't know much about sort of how publishing works. It's it's a mess. It's very complicated. And it's, it's weird. Um, I'm not going to get into it now. But I'm hoping that we see some movement uh, next year. So that would be very exciting. Um, I'm also hoping to be able to kind of, as Jules has said, uh, sort of get more into sort of kestrel, uh, finish off the Hamartia cycle. Let that actually put that to bed. Um, or at the very least, you know, get the next book out, which I know a lot of people have been very patiently waiting for, and I do apologise for for how long this has taken. Life really did just sort of get in the way. Um, so Kestrel, Hamartia, um, maybe some children's stuff. We shall see.
1: Awesome. Well, I'm here for all of it. Obviously, I know I said Kestrel, but... <laughs> This is the thing. I'm such an impatient... I'm, I'm generally a patient person, except when it comes to waiting for books. And then I turn it into a real needy little bitch. <laughs> there's no other way of describing it. It's kind of like, well, there's book two. And Madeline's thinking she can just rest for a little bit. Like, nope.
0: <laughs> like, No, there will be no rest for you. But it's actually quite nice because it, it's nice to feel like you haven't sort of been forgotten about. And, you know, I've, I've got to say... Um, and I, this is not me blaming anybody um i think you know excitement for uh, the hamartia cycle has died down a fair amount uh because you know it's it's been a while so I, this is not me blaming anybody I'm, I'm not sort of putting up a sort of a sob story of oh no one cares anymore um i do think when the book comes out that i will have some old readers who'll be like oh hey i remember this um and maybe we'll be willing to sort of see where it goes but it's actually been very nice to have people who have you know consistently just been checking in to say hey you know how's it coming along um you know are we going to be seeing any more soon um so that's actually been quite heartening so it's actually quite nice that you know despite how long jules has had to wait she's like so i'm still here (laughs) she's still there she still cares
1: (laughs) To give you um, some perspective on this, there is a series of books that I read as a teenager that I'm waiting for the last book in, um, and I read that last book, the most recent book in the series, 26 years ago. I'm yeah. still waiting for that final book. I think, I I, I mean, I'm, I'm not even sure that I would read that series now, but I'm still waiting for that book, because I'm a... Yeah. So so there you go. I will wait. If I find something I like, I will wait. <laughs> Not patiently, but I'm there. Uh,
0: you will wait. It's just occurred to me, Jules, we didn't actually talk about the things we didn't like.
1: Oh, no, we didn't. <laughs> we just skipped we just right skipped on over, right over it. it. <laughs> okay. Oops. <laughs> um, let's, let's finish off the, the things we're looking forward to, and then we can maybe see at the end.
0: Yeah. Yeah um so things we're looking forward to uh i'm actually really looking forward to um well it'll have come out now i'm looking forward to the witcher
1: <laughs> yes it, it's not out yet but it's in a couple it's of days time yet. but we're both it really is. sort of baited yeah. breath on that one yeah
0: very very baited breath we're really looking forward to seeing uh where that goes um i'm obviously looking forward as i said to some more harker and blackthorn um that excited
1: (laughs) (laughs) you realize your inbox is just going to get stuffed over christmas because i'll be doing writing
0: please don't like i don't know why you're saying that in an apologetic tone like (laughs) this isn't the best christmas thing for me ever (laughs) no i'm really looking forward to that
1: um (sighs) i'm kind of looking forward to this i mean I almost feel bad for saying this but I'm looking forward to some of the more Marvel stuff coming out because yeah there's been a slew of it and some of it is more hit and some of it's more miss for me but because mm. there's such a wide range I don't feel shortchanged by any of it I'm actually yeah. kind of really looking forward to Morbius because that looks like it's going to be a bit different and it's Marvel's take on like vampires kind of thing yeah so I'm I'm interested in that um I think we're going to go and see Spider-Man Far From Home. Or yes. Way Home, which looks pretty cool. And I'm really, really up for the new Doctor Strange when it comes out as well.
0: Okay, all right. Yeah, I, have, I haven't actually seen the trailer for that.
1: I don't think there is one yet. I'm just kind of like, it's Doctor Strange. It's Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. is my favourite. <laughs> really? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's my favourite Marvel character. Ah, well,
0: there you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to sort of some of the new stuff which is coming out. To be honest, um, I have uh mostly been kind of because of the way that uh sort of time seems to pass during the pandemic i actually don't have really a notion for what's coming out next year and what,
1: <laughs> what is. i know it? exactly what you mean
0: <laughs> i'm sort of vaguely aware of things um but yeah uh, just in terms of books i am i'm obviously very excited uh for the next Harker and Blackthorn series. I'm looking forward to the next Heartstopper. I would say I was looking forward to the next um, Gentleman Bastard sequence book, but I have a sneaky suspicion it's going to be pushed for another year and it's not going to come out until sort of 20. 20- Twenty three or 2024 yeah because
1: so. in theory that was supposed to have come out in October wasn't it originally yes now it's,
0: like, yeah. it's
1: all gone very very quiet it's
0: gone very quiet I'm looking forward to the next series of Shadow and Bone as well
1: yeah so. I, I, I think now it's kind of got the training wheels off
0: yeah I'm looking I guess also because we're sort of starting to get into kind of territory and I'm not going to lie I'm looking forward to Nico Nikolai coming in <laughs> I have been waiting for my boy and I I am looking forward to seeing him.
1: (laughs) That will be cool. Um, I'm looking forward to the next encrypted novel by Shauna Maguire. I feel such a fraud saying this because I've been sent an arc of this, an Mm E-arc. So I'm going to read it way before it comes out. But you know what? I'm still... Looking forward to getting my hands, my little mitts, my hardback copy. My little grubby hands. My little grabby, yeah, my my little grabby paws. Um, little, little grabby raccoon paws. I'm really looking forward to, I mean, we've, we've talked sort of on and off through the, through the year over various things. But um, when Madeline is able to do orchestral, I, this isn't a guilt trip, I promise. But um, I'm kind of like I did with Lock and Key where I was consulting with you on bits that I'd taken... When we've got crossover between mm. our series and things, so yeah. looking forward to doing a bit more in this shared universe that we've created. Yes, <laughs> so lots of fun, and we kind of tabled the idea of a visit to the Mary Shelley Museum. So yes, potentially, if you know, assuming we could, we're allowed to leave our homes and things next year.
0: Yes. Oh, I've I've just. I mean, this sounds really obvious, but I'm really really. Looking forward to actually getting to see p- people a little bit more, because you know Jules and I, we did meet up. We met up in Bath yeah. recently, um, but
1: I'm I'm looking forward to actually getting to see
0: more of you, because I've missed you. <laughs>
1: yeah, same. It was cool, and we went to and had nice sushi and stuff, and we it did. Probably <laughs> narrowly missed being chucked out of the Jane Austen Museum for giggling, <laughs> giggling at the back because we didn't think he was accurate enough. Uh, hopefully the mary shelley museum will be better when we go here.
0: well the thing is look we actually we did enjoy the museum we tried on various hats it was good fun yes um but there was there was these moments where they were saying certain things and i just i felt jules sort of stiffen beside me <laughs> and i was fighting back laughter the entire time because i could feel your indignation <laughs>
1: yes I'm a terrible person to go to a museum with if it's kind of like the family friendly version and not the not the what I consider the accurate version so there you go that, that's me ruining the arts for anyone who accompanies me
0: well it was it was the moment it was like oh yes well Mary Shelley uh, sorry not Mary Shelley um Jane Austen loved Bath and I just felt, felt Jules' whole body could just go <laughs> I was like Yes. oh here we go
1: <laughs> yeah that, that that is essentially an accurate portrayal of what happened so um sincere apology but it was fun, it was nice, and we did have a walk around that massive waterstones as well, so
0: we did we did now it we had a really, really lovely time, and it was just lovely to catch up as well. So I'm looking forward to a little bit more of that come the new year. So here's to hoping that we'll have plenty of opportunities, lots of great books to read, and something else I'm really looking forward to is discovering some new stuff that we're not even we don't even know is coming into existence yet,
1: yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, earlier when we were talking about the things we liked, we were supposed to talk about a couple of things that we didn't really hit for us and yes. we forgot. So, so um, it'll be no surprise that one of mine is um, a call to silver flames, <laughs> and maybe least said, soon as mended, because I've explained at length why that one didn't work for me. And you know yeah. what? Yes, I still will need, uh, still will read the next bloody book. Yes, but I will pay my eight or nine quid and still read it and probably still grumble about it and that makes me a moron okay (laughs)
0: well it's like with me is that you know i will just keep reading until i finally get my solution with um with lucian so i guess we'll see what happens um (laughs) but yeah to be honest i really enjoyed you reading the book because as (laughs) i was reading it i knew how much you were gonna hate it (laughs) and i was like oh jill's gonna hate this and usually i don't enjoy things that i know that other people are not going to like but i was just looking forward to your reaction because I could see all the things that you disliked, even as I was just sort of getting on, getting along with it. So, yeah.
1: Um, One that I, you know, I, th- I think maybe I hyped myself in my own head for this one and then it turned out to be a disappointment in storytelling terms.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that was The Green Knight,
0: mm. which,
1: you know, I was like massively up for. I was kind of like, I don't care if it's blind casting, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with them taking their own twist on an Arthurian myth. Yeah. Um, You know, if they want to write basically an Arthurian fairy tale, fine. I'm here for it. And it had a good cast. Mm -hmm. It had a really great main character. um, The guy playing the main character. Um, Yeah. Great sets, great atmosphere and everything. But oh my God, the script. It was terrible. It it had no story structure. It, It was very much concerned with style over substance. Mm-hmm. it was kind of dull and it didn't show this wasn't someone doing something clever with fairy tales because in order to do something clever with a fairy tale or with Arthurian myth you need to actually understand it and i didn't feel that the person who'd written this understood what they were doing mm. so i was really really disappointed i know lo- loads of other people have loved it that's great um but that one didn't work for me. And I was, you know, quite sad. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's it's interesting because a, I had a lot of people who said, you know, that they... I saw people who really liked it, that some people described it as a, a fever dream. And for me, that's just... I didn't end up watching it because I am... I don't really like literary fiction that much. And this felt like it was meant to be sort of like literary fiction, but in, in sort of cinema terms yeah
1: it was very much like that
0: yeah and i'm just not into that i i actually kind of like things with a plot um and to be honest also because it's one of my favorite um uh arthurian tales i knew that if i wasn't gonna be happy with it it wouldn't just be a case of oh well hit and miss i like i would genuinely feel quite upset so in the end i just didn't watch
1: it (laughs) i I think the changes that they made to the story and the way they portrayed arthur and, and everything would have actually stressed you out
0: yeah i think that's very possible so yeah i think i made the right call in just not watching it definitely So, I had several um um, things that I didn't like this year. For the most part when I don't like something I tend to just go okay and then just forget about it because if I don't like it I don't like it and I just put it to the side. I am not one of these people who has to force myself to read something if I don't enjoy it. Um but I'm not actually gonna mention it by title. Um, there was an anime that I was sort of, that I saw someone say, oh, you should you should watch this. Um, it's an isekai, so that means that someone has sort of jumped into another world. And basically the premise was this guy, he died and he found himself reborn in this sort of sword and sorcerers kind of world. And I was like, cool, I can get behind that. That's a good premise. Um, and I'm not even going to tell you the title of it because I don't even remember it off the top of my head. I got through one episode of it and I was so disgusted
1: by what I'd seen. I think I remember you mentioning this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I Like, I was actually disturbed by the whole thing. This wasn't just, okay, we've got the creepy uncle kind of thing, which I have almost zero tolerance for. I was genuinely disturbed by kind of what I'd seen um and i i felt like am i missing something here you know is this does this get better and i looked it up and the more i read about it the more disturbed i was so i'm not even going to say the name of it um but uh, yeah it it just it was really disgusting <laughs> and so that kind of left me with a really nasty taste in my mouth for yeah. quite a few days um afterwards so I would definitely include that. Um, In terms of actually what disappointed me this year, the fact that the next Locke Lamora book didn't come out. And I know that I'm a massive hypocrite as someone who's also, you know, (laughs) not released certain books for certain people. Um, So I can't complain too much, but I was obviously very disappointed by that. Um, And something else which I tried, which other people were raving about was Centaur World. I don't know if
1: you Centaur World.
0: Yeah, Centaur World. Um like as a fan of Gravity Falls and stuff like that, um it you know, this was kind of you know, sort of pitched towards me like, oh yeah, you'll really enjoy this. It's kinda got the zany humour. Um and I didn't I didn't enjoy it at all. I couldn't even get through one episode of it. Um I hate i just really disliked it. it it's much more in the in the zone of things like adventure time which i didn't get on with either um i don't like the kind of gross out sort of art style it isn't for me at all so i can appreciate people who do like it but yeah that was a big yeah. no-no for me
1: but on the whole we've had more Something. things that we liked than didn't like so that's always good
0: Yes, I completely agree. It's, it's actually been a very positive year <coughs> in terms of art, I think.
1: Definitely. Okay, um, well, I was going to say my my health has been much better this year, but nobody would actually believe that listening to me at the moment. So. Yeah,
0: <laughs> poor Jules is not my very well My first cold in two <laughs> ah.
1: No. <laughs> and it's a bitch. Um, anyway, <laughs> we're going to wrap up by each of us randomly picking something that we really enjoyed this year. As a recommendation um it's probably something we've recommended before so we're not going to go into too much detail um in my case i'm i'm yeah. gonna bang the drum for the nevers again because i just loved it so much and i i really think it needs more people
0: yeah okay all right i will definitely have to to give it a watch in my case uh i i've just got to embarrass <laughs> jules and just it's true it's true it's the books that i've just been enjoying the most this year have been harker and Blackthorn. um there's no two ways about it i've obviously you know i've said i really did enjoy um spinning silver as well but um yeah i've just got to say harker and blackthorne because it's just been a really really good read for me this year i've really really enjoyed it it's been a great stress reliever um and i will recommend it until the end of days so Eesh. there you go
1: <laughs> oh, he was so going to get bombarded with stuff over Christmas.
0: <laughs> you say bombarded. <laughs> for me, it's, it's it's like you imagine sort of bombarding me. There's just like these bombs dropping from a plane. And for me, it's, you know, it's me just sort of just going, ha, 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 as like money flows down over my head. You know, it's, it's a completely different image. Like, it's not a bombardment if you want it,
1: Joel. You... <laughs> of course, I'm talking like Christmas hasn't happened yet, because where we're recording this, it actually hasn't happened so this is past Jules talking to the listeners of the yet. future.
0: Woo! <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> well, guys, we hope that you have enjoyed this last year of Dissecting Dragons. Thank you so much for listening to us. It's also been great to hear from some of you. We've had some really lovely comments and messengers... (laughs) Messengers? The
1: messengers have
0: arrived! (laughs) Messengers, uh, rather than messengers, though I'm now imagining some of you sending off your pages, you know, from uh, (laughs) your heralds. (laughs) Go! Go to the dragons! (laughs) Remark upon their last episode. Tell them it was (laughs) longs. Um... (laughs) no it's been really great to hear from you um thank you so much for all your continued support over the last year and here's to another year of antics books speculative fiction and all around madness from the dissecting dragons happy new year guys and we'll see you in 2022 yeah
1: happy new year and goodbye bye guys you've been listening to dissecting dragons the speculative fiction podcast you can follow our podcast at podbean.com or from itunes for more information visit our facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash dissecting or check out our author websites at jaironside.com and madelinevaughan.com please note that no dragons were harmed during the making of this podcast